Well, hello, folks. Hello, folks. And welcome to We the Peeps. Oh, it's chill, We the Peeps time. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you're going to find out everything that you need to know about the US MNT. I'm Chill Clayton, and I'm an artist. I'm Ty, bro. Hang 10, bro. Hang 10. <laughs> so relaxed. We love the Nats. I mean, what's not to love? This game is so easy. This game is easy. This is what fandom feels like. Yeah, right? this is what it's like. It's We the Peeps. It's We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. Well, folks, the game was USA versus Costa Rica. Uh, we got a lot to chop up, kind of. It was a pretty relaxed game, honestly. Pretty relaxed night. I think a lot of that has to do with just the intense emotions we've all totally, experienced totally. as soccer fans in the past week. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It was a USMNT game. We would win it for nothing comfortably. It was comfortable. Uh, and we got to see some Tyler Adams, so you know what? I'm grateful, and I'm excited to talk about it all with you. Uh, if I may, though, first. We do have a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, first and foremost, oh, highest honors, gold stars, A+, plus to Alexander King, Kyle Reed, and Paul Campbell is your boy. Uh, all have ratified their peep status, official peeps. From here on out, as long as you don't cancel Gold star. your monthly subscription. Full, full, the next step is a neck tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we the peeps. Gentry, we the peeps. It's like a weird Escher that looks like it says both that's Gentry right. and that's we right. the peeps. That's right. You have to flip yourself um, over for people to see it. Thank you guys so much. It is not uh, free to do this show. So it, it makes a huge difference. You're really helping us continue to do this show that we love. And, and I think you're helping this, this team that you love by supporting, uh, other fans grassroots in their, in their media for this. This is grassroots media folks. So thank you for doing that. As always, follow us on Twitter at WTP pod, hit us up on, uh, YouTube for live content. We've been streaming the games live, hanging out, We've had some friends with us. We're uh, on that shit right now. Friends, I mean, you listeners, we're on that shit right now, matter of fact. Uh, you could have seen me do some funny faces when I did the intro, and I was doing stuff with hand gestures yeah. when we were talking the, about tattoos. The YouTube, so. you get hand gestures, but you don't get any editing. So you have to endure right. some errors. Right. That's right. So that's, that's exactly the trade-off. Right. That's, that's, yes. that's, it's up yes. to you. However, however... I will say that as a natural result of our regular lives, my audio tends to be pretty strong and Ty's video is fire. Uh, so if you would prefer to, if you want to see how much better Ty's video is than mine, <laughs> you're going to have to subscribe to the YouTube because I look like a grainy Bigfoot uh, over here and Ty looks like he's modeling. Um, I think that's about it. Hit us up with five stars if you could. Leave us a review. It makes a huge difference. Oh, and of course... Tell a friend. Now is the time. Tell this is friend. cool again. This team is cool again. So when people start bringing this up at work for the first time because of the Mexico win, um, I want you to tell them, hey, if you want to know more about that that team, that awesome team, I know exactly where you should go. And that's us. Uh, if you could do that for us, it would make a huge difference. And oh, how so 
There's only one way to get this going, and that is to line them up. Ethan Horvath. Ethan Horvath. These two gloves we have saved for you, just for you, since you were a baby, baby boy. And we saved them. Until We've been the giving replicas you... to everyone else until now. You earned. We waited for you to prove yourself as a, as a man, as a human adult. These were your grandpappy's and... gloves. These were your grandpappy's gloves. Both gloves. Both Ethan gloves Horvath. for you, Ethan. Both <laughs> for you. Ethan. The classic Denver accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. In the back, we got to see the classic <laughs> duo. You know you them. love them. It's Snap, it's Crackle, Tim Ream, and Mark McKenzie. Uh, <laughs> Again? Uh, Again? Uh, for some reason, Tim Ream is the guy we needed minutes from. Uh, yeah, not exactly, sure why, but that exactly. was the center back pairing we saw, and then we got to see starts for Reggie, the soccer player formerly known as Reggie formerly known Cannon. As Reggie um, shadowed on the other side by uh, Sith Lord Jedi Master Anthony <laughs> Robinson. Beautiful, beautiful, really good stuff. In the He's midfield, Tyler up. Adams. Oh, thank God, Tyler, you're okay. You're good. He's good. You're good. Apparently, bro. the nerve and the disc in the back are both fine. Nerves good, discs good. You got your keys, wallet, cell phone. <laughs> mask. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> Don't forget your Don't mask. Don't forget your mask, though. All right. Tyler Adams with the start. Eunice Musa. Thank you. Eunice, know him. Eunice, love him. Eunice Musa. You must. <laughs> Eunice Musa. Yeah. Um, finally gets 30 seconds of game time. Fantastic. And Couldn't get a minute the last two games. And goes 90 today. The, but but uh, good thing we gave him the number 10 jersey. Right, because Make that's feel better the jersey you give the to the guy. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? What is this? Anyways, Eunice Musa, thank God. Happy to see it. Happy to. I'm chill today. I'm chill. I'm relaxed, Clayton. I'm chill. I like this Eunice Musa starting. Okay. Uh, Sebastian Legette, to Legette to quit. And then you know I could not be more psyched than to have a Tim Weah start. Daryl DK at the nine. Boom. And Brendan Aronson. Now that's what I call a nine. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. I Ooh. can't believe it's not Liverpool with that front three. Uh, Ty, what were your... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll so recap next this we game. go through the game. <laughs> Let's go through the game. Let's recap the game. Game stats. Okay. This, so the game, if you, didn't, if you missed it, if you didn't watch it, totally understand. Uh, this game was uh, Mad Lax. We get it. It was Mad Lax compared to what we saw on Sunday. Um, but the U.S. came out crisp. They came out on top. They came out confident. There was a lot of fresh legs out there. And Brendan Aronson would find his goal uh, early on in this one. Eighth minute. Uh, it looked like it could have been finished by DK. It was a little interchange play and the ball came out. Uh, but Aronson said, mine now, uh, and, and smashed this one home. Uh, not quite top bins, but it had a top bins vibe to it. Um, so, it was a, so that was a nice, nice way to start. And I tell you what, that energy, with the, uh, the yeah, same energy as the as the top bins kick. But this vibe that we started this eight minutes with was pretty consistent throughout the whole game. There was not too much ups and downs. There was almost no drama. This was the Dave Sarakin of, of friendly successes for us. Um, in the 42nd minute... Uh, Daryl DK would get his, what I couldn't believe was his first goal for the USMNT. Congrats to Daryl DK. Um, Ty, you want to you, you describe this goal for the peeps? So the ball, the, the goal comes from 
a pretty innocuous situation where Mark McKenzie somehow sees a gap between about eight Costa Rica defenders and plays the ball of his freaking life that makes it basically to the opposite penalty box where all DK has to do is smash it home. No touch. No No touch touch to set it up. Rolling ball, DK, one shot, goal. Is it? So I'm not... 100% 100% clear on how packing stats are calculated. That, but that's that's it. Was that, that's, that was, was like that, a 10. Yeah. Yeah. Was that 10 of them? That was like basically a 10. Yeah. Which is the most you can get because if you pass all 11 players, you've scored. <laughs> and so that's what's called a shot. <laughs> yeah. So, so packing stat is this uh, obscure German uh, metric which measures in a movement or a pass how many opposition players have been taken out of the play. And this Mark McKenzie ball basically bypassed the entire Costa Rican team on its way to Daryl DK. So big golf claps big, big for fat Philadelphia claps. Union's Mark McKenzie uh, for setting that goal up. And a, and a fine, fine finish by DK. I'm sure the keeper was uh, not pumped to face down the DK howitzer. Yeah, yeah, that's a scary moment. When DK has nothing to do but swing but, that right yeah, leg. Exactly. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Don't want to be that guy. So <laughs> halftime, we go in 2-0. Uh, we come back out to a sub. Um, uh, who was it that came in at half? Oh, it was um, uh, the uh, Walk Long. Walker yeah, yeah, Zimmerman. Walker Zimmerman came on for Tim Ream. So shouts to MLS in general. In this game, we got MLS products everywhere, you know, some current MLSers, beautiful, beautiful MLS showing tonight. Walk Zimmerman comes on um, and eventually 10 minutes later, uh, Reggie Cannon would score what is probably going to be the game, the goal of his life. He dribbles out, I think, three players, maybe one of them twice and uh, smashes this home from from past the 18 yard line. It's a it's a really nice goal. Pick six. Um, but Pick six. But what really brings this one home is the celebration, the, the reactions from <laughs> yeah. the teammates yes, for yes, the soccer yes. player formerly known as Reggie Cannon are really incredible. Gio and him hugging, putting together all, uh, putting to, to bed all rumors of beef. Um, the, the, the whole team is psyched for this guy. He also does a very strange and inexplicable, we tried to make sense of it at the time and I still can't, um, sort of his celebration is to get everyone running with him gets kind of within orbit of the bench and then he does a big fat pause tells everyone to stop and do nothing for a second and then celebrate again does that but make he did sense some sort of, of weird gesture where he like had his hand on his chest and was like pat like it was like there was like a small child in front of him that he was patting on the head it's very odd Reddit. Yeah, this one's for you, Reddit. Yeah, this is some sort of Illuminati shit. This is like. So it was cool. Reggie Cannon got his. It's goal. a dog whistle um, for something. We don't know what he, for. <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah, Reggie Cannon's CIA he just yes. opened up a portal Wouldn't to uh, shock an me. alien land. Wouldn't shock Wouldn't, me. Uh, would not shock me. Uh, it's worth mentioning in the second half, especially after the Reggie Cannon goal, that uh, Costa Rica came out to ball a little harder. Um, I think getting getting scored on twice by such a young team with in such a relaxed fashion probably brought out some of the fire and some of these aging Costa Rican players. Um, but it didn't make that much of a difference. That's the thing, dog. Like it That's didn't really thing, matter, though, though dog. Uh, I got my wish. My wish at halftime was to see Gio Reyna come in, and he did. 
uh, and he got his goal. So he would he drew a foul. It was a legitimate foul. And then there was what I believe, what I can only describe as a wrestling match for the ball. It, it, Ty, Ty, I kind of missed it, I guess. Ty, you saw it better than I did. Yeah, it reminded me of my uh, six-year-old and my nine-year-old fighting over a bag of goldfish, except it was a, a soccer ball between two grown men. So there was there was a, a, a frothy discussion and literal tugging on the ball to see who would get to take this penalty, which I thought was hilarious, from two substitutes, essentially. <laughs> so, hey, it was, it was PFOC was the other the other gentleman uh, involved in PFOC, this, in this yes. consideration. Theosun. Yeah, Theosun. Looking for more names to add. Yeah. PKSun. Yeah. Um, so I think it's right that Gio Reyna takes the penalty. It's, it would be strange to me if he drew the penalty, so... I don't know. It would be strange. Yeah, I feel like that's like gen- that's a gentleman's uh, gentleman's rule there. He who yeah. draws it takes it. He who draws it, uh, straws it, plaws <laughs> it, paws it, paws it, paws it. Edit, edit. Um, YouTube edit, only. Edit, 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 edit. edit. But, YouTube uh, only. Gio puts this one away with with some style. He does one of those slow penalty kicks. Ty's not a fan. Not a fan. I'm fine with it. Um, but he had a lot of confidence in the way that he did this. And you could tell from his posture and just from the whole situation that this man is, is gunning for the gunning for those records. Let me put it this way. Those goals up that was basically possible. the same penalty that Guardado hit on Sunday. The run-up was different, but okay, I take your point. I take your point. I take your point. You don't like it. Whatever. Who just watch, watch, the, watch him side by side. Watch him side by side. Geo right, gets we'll lucky. about that. We'll see about that. Uh, Ty, final score, 4 nothing. Costa Rica. Let's go hit the showers, take a rest. That was a fun celebration. What were your first impressions? What are your current first impressions? Over the last couple of years, it has been hard at times to just enjoy watching the national team. And I have been desperate for real competitive matches for so long because we had such a shortage of them pre-COVID, and then especially during COVID. Now that we have had this epic, thrilling win for the U.S. in the Nations League over Mexico, this was perfect. This was exactly what I was looking for. I don't think I could have taken any more intense Nats action tonight. So to get a win where we beat, complete the triumvirate, of U.S. victories, Honduras, Mexico, and Costa Rica, the three other top teams in CONCACAF in the span of a week, and to get three wins over those teams, and to have this win be so resounding and so conclusive was really special. So I thoroughly enjoyed this performance. Not only did I like what I saw from the team, but I actually had fun watching the national team which is what important. What a strange concept. So I, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I don't know how to react. I don't know how to feel right now. This was, it, it was, it was different. It's different. I, it's what I imagine Bayern fans experience on a regular yeah, basis. Like once, just, once they're three up against Augsburg, you can just, you know, yeah. have some more, um, uh, whatever there, whatever, Paul, Paul, Paul Anner. Paul Laner? <laughs> I was trying to think of the beer that they have. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You chill yeah. and you chill yeah, and have chillin'. one of yeah. those beers. Have a have stein. A 
Um, but I think, Havestein, I think what is easy to miss here is that we're talking about Costa Rica. This looked like St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and it was actual Costa Rica. And to, Rica. to newer fans, you know, you might not realize that Costa Rica is a team that beat us twice in World Cup qualifying last go-around. They're one of the, the other teams that made the last four of the Nations League. Costa Rica in the last couple of years has been better than the U.S. men's national team in CONCACAF competitions in general. So maybe 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 similar. They've had some worse Gold Cup results, but in general, in, in World Cup qualifying, have been definitively superior to the U.S. So this was a real win, and this was not a, a B team as far as I can tell. This was a lot of Costa Rican veterans, a lot of the players who have put so much pain on us in the past uh, who who played in this game. So a legitimate victory over a very tough Costa Rica team, the same team that Mexico could not score against in their uh, semifinal the in the Nations same. League. So this was a real win. It's easy to it's easy to to confuse this, you know, if you're a newer fan that, you know, all the Central American countries, you might not know all the, the nuances and differences, but Costa Rica has had a super strong program for a long time, and, and it's very important for us to build confidence against them. The one thing I would say, though, that gets lost in some of these discussions is that these games were all at home. And mm. even in the last round of World Cup qualifying, you know, we, we lost two of our five matches at home, which is which is not not good enough, but still had, you know, a winning record. It's definitely easier at home for the U.S., especially for this generation. So the real tests are going to start when they're actually going on the road in CONCACAF, some of these more difficult environments, uh, where in the last World Cup cycle, a reasonably strong U.S. team went to Costa Rica and lost for nothing. So that's yeah. where the rubber will really meet the road. And yeah. uh, we'll see what this team's actually made of. Yeah, and I tell you what, after these games, this team has made a statement. We Everyone is paying attention, and these fans are getting ready now. For sure. For CONCACAFing. The CONCACAFing is about to go down. Um, it feels good. It feels good, like you said, to string them back to back. Honduras, Mexico, Costa Rica. You start to get the sense that we are becoming what we've hoped that we could be. Totally, um, totally. I think the, the piece that's missing at the moment is the Canada piece because Canada, like us, has benefited greatly from the boost of, of youth development in the MLS. And if you just look at the past, you know, beating Honduras, Mexico, and Costa Rica makes you the best in the region. That's not true anymore. You're right. You're totally right. Jamaica is also on the up and up. So we'll see. Maybe maybe Costa Rica will end up being less of a boss fight than it has been in the past. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. I mean, it's a good opportunity to look forward now to uh, to the next co couple of competitions. We've got the Gold Cup over the summer. I've heard rumors that the U.S. will let its top European players skip the Gold Cup to focus on preseason with their clubs. I would absolutely hate that. And if, if that comes to pass, I'm going to, I'm going to flip my lid because it is the equivalent of the Euros for CONCACAF. And if we want it to not be treated like a second-class competition, we have to stop treating it like a second-class competition, which means that playing in your regional championship and doing well is good for your club prospects. It does. It's not a bad thing that you missed out on your preseason in Qatar or whatever because 
you were busy winning a trophy with the Nats. It's it's sad to hear that because it's been so nice to have these full rosters and totally, and no totally. caveats. Yeah, and this was the only time I can think of in the last since Trinidad really that we've had full rosters with zero complicating factors. You know, and isn't the goal if you're the U.S. national team to um, to develop the team? Why is the U.S. national team worried about their club experience in this? Situation. I mean, I get that in certain cases, you know, you do need to navigate that balance, but this just seems like a pretty clear opportunity to improve the national team. And that shouldn't that be our main focus? And it maybe if the club teams are like, no, he must, Tyler must be in Leipzig because we have the back doctor. Fine. But to the, offer the that back to, doctor. To, to, yeah, the voodoo back doctor. <laughs> to lead with, to lead with. Oh no! You got you guys just don't even. We don't even have to have a discussion. Like we're good, we're good, we're good. No, we're good, we're good, we're good, guys. Is is insane to me. That, that's, that's, I'm so sad. So let's, so let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope that's just a. It's, that's just it's funny, Twitter right? With the gold cup, the gold cup, um, like inferiority situation is. It's crazy. Everyone, every every single piece of coverage I have seen in on television. So not the pods, but. The, the the TV media about this is we beat Mexico, next up's qualifying. <laughs> Every interview, everything is like, all right, are you ready for qualifying? No one, I, I haven't heard a single Gold Cup question. And this is the Euros for it's the US. the Euros. Team. So, and I don't, I don't know, even before this current potential situation, we had a rhythm where it was every other Gold Cup, Gold Cup is every two years, every other Gold Cup, would be a B team gold cup where the teams would have this sort of the top teams would have kind of a tacit agreement to not send their best players. And why on earth is that? Why like yeah. the the Asian Cup is not like that. The African Cup of Nations is not like that. The Copa America is not like that. The Euros sure as hell aren't. Imagine there being a B team Euros. Like wh- why even <laughs> bother, you know? So it just it just further diminishes the stature of CONCACAF on the global level when we don't treat our own top tournament as if it's important. So especially having missed out on the Olympics, I mean, I really hope that we go we go all out to win this thing and establish dominance in the region, get great experience playing against those same opponents who we'll be facing in World Cup qualifying, and, and let this team gel a little bit more. Because lest we forget, I mean, Adams, McKenney, and Pulisic have still only played like 90 minutes together in total, you know, they, they didn't, they, they only played uh, 30 or 40, uh, on Sunday and previous to that, I don't think they'd ever started together. So it's, it's still early days for this team, you know, believe it or not, even though it's been two or three years where we've been in this kind of building process, this is the perfect opportunity at home to win a trophy with this group and let the group develop. So anyway, so hopefully that happens. But then after that, we do have World Cup qualifying. And World Cup qualifying this time around in CONCACAF is going to be a little, it's going to look a little different than previous years because... Yeah, let's talk about that. It's more teams in, right? It's more teams in. So we used to play in the hex. And we used to have to qualify for the hex by getting awesome. through a group Guys, the- of four teams, usually where there, there were three kind of crappy teams and us. And yet the U.S. always managed to make it dramatic and late that we would get through this group um the hex is like it's the most intense sounding 
thing. Oh that yeah, it's, in, it's, it's, in it's reality a steel cage should match. for for yeah. a long time now should have been a relatively mundane exercise. And somehow the U.S. has managed to make it a very complex and difficult situation. I'm probably not. I'm giving them. I'm. Not, I'm. I, I probably don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. Yes and no, Clayton. So the thing, the classic thing about the hex has been that the U.S. has been pretty good at home. Very few losses. Most most uh, iterations at home. But we've always struggled on the road. And we've when we're playing the exact same teams. Same personnel, similar weather, you know, Florida and Mexico are not that different weather-wise, you know? Yeah. You're, you're playing in Honduras, okay, maybe it's two degrees hotter that day than it is in Miami. But, like, this is not, like, unheard of conditions for the U- U.S. team. So It's like, uh, these are also places human beings live. Right, exactly. This We're not, not playing on the moon. Yeah. Uh, so the U.S. has historically gone to these these uh, Central American countries and been terrible. And it, a lot of it is psychological. Some of it is travel. A lot of it is like we have all these European players who are coming in and the flights are really are really harrowing. You know, you have to take like three different connections to get to San Pedro Sula from from uh, Wolfsburg. And you gotta go through Moscow. You gotta a couple times. For some reason. If, yeah. It's Moscow to Qatar to Thailand to San Pedro. To, e- to Ethan Horvath's place. <laughs> Ethan Horvath's place. Then <laughs> Ethan Horvath drives you. And then <laughs> 72 Ethan, hours yeah. later. Uh, so, so the travel's been a thing. But I think you tra- most you of travel all... travel in Ethan Horvath's thick back pockets. <laughs> <laughs> There was a shot of Ethan Horvath during the Mexico game that we didn't really talk about on the show. (laughs) He had he had both gloves tucked into his his butt cheek, basically just his butt. Yeah, just in there for each butt cheek. And he just looked he looked like yeah, like a chicken with a with just the fattest juicy (laughs) double. <laughs> and uh, our 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 buddy on Twitter, who was staying up too late before school the next <laughs> night, or on uh, on the YouTube stream, said, "Horvath has a conca cast." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, gonna uh, take that it. one. We love it. We love anyway, it. Anyway, what I was trying anyways, to say anyways, is that anyways. is that th- there are these other factors, but I I think the biggest reason why the U.S. struggles on the road in World Cup qualifying is that we expect to struggle. And we expect to struggle because there's a mythology of World Cup qualifying that has its origins in the old-school U.S. soccer era, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, of the U.S. struggling to get through to the World Cup, where the team legitimately wasn't good enough to deal, you know, to, to beat these teams in these situations. And it was legitimately a feat for the U.S. to go into a place like Honduras and win a game. And it has become par for the course that the, 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 the common wisdom in U.S. soccer is that in order to make the World Cup, we just have to win our home games. And it sets us up for this expectation that when we go into these matches away from home, it's a good thing if we just come out of there alive and with a point. And that yeah. has to end because this team is way too good to look at yeah, themselves I- that way. Yeah, and we've we've been saying that, and and we'll probably say it a few more times. But uh, 
we might not have to say it for long um, because something tells me Tyler Adams and Weston McKenney don't see it that way. I believe so. I believe so. I think Christian Pulisic might struggle a little bit. I think, you know, he might have some mentality problems. I think Tim Ream better not be on the fucking plane. I think there's a couple guys. You know, you gotta I would have agreed home. with you. Jordan Morris a couple guys should not be on the plane. You know, there's, there's, there's yeah. some, some players who have it and some players who don't. Sometimes you don't find out until you see them a couple times. Yeah. But, you know, we have proposed for a while the idea of a, of a home group and an away group and bringing to the camp, yeah. bringing 30 guys where seven of them are expected, not necessarily to play at home, but they're definitely going to play on the road. Yeah, yeah. So Paul Ariel, Paul Linux, Ariel and Nips, uh, Bobby Wood, perfect one. Sebastian Legette, Sebastian Legette, absolutely. Um, and I would, absolutely. and in the new school, um, Brendan Aronson, fantastic. I think Brendan Aronson has a shot. I'm a little afraid of him and and Musa and how they'll how they'll translate. I don't. I'm I'm I would go no Musa, yes Aronson. Yeah, I think that's that's Honduras. probably where I'd be right now. How about Gio? Is, is is Gio hard AF? Can he? You know, uh, we can don't he dominate kinda... San Pedro Sula? I'm, we don't have the data. He, I definitely think he will be able to when he fills out a little. He's going to be a stronger dude than he is right now. Um, right now, he's like Neymar. But it's twig, it's just a like mental thing because he's twig. you know Johan Venegas isn't a different. He's not bigger in Costa Rica. He just plays bigger than. Uh, yeah, but us. scrappier games like these are part of Concacafing is having to play through fouls and stuff like that. There, it's strength. I hear you. I hear in you. these situations. Yeah. Um, I was gonna. I just want to go back real quick to the Polisic one. After that penalty kick, I'm willing to give Polisic uh, a fresh start when it comes to his away mentality and ability to defeat Concacafing. Mm-hmm. I I want to believe, and I see some evidence for this, that he's getting it. And I know this was a home game, but the shushing. The beers. He had a he had a typical sort of anonymous ge- in an important moment game. Right, the, right, right. right. Typ- becoming typical for him. There's been maybe three of those, uh, and yet in this most recent one, the the result was different. Something about his psychology was different. I think something has changed. I I could totally go with that, and I think Mexico is a unique one because there's plenty of Costa Ricans in the U.S., plenty of Hondurans, plenty of El Salvadorians. But there, nothing compares to the Mexican American community here. Like the, yeah. it's, it's it, the, you nothing know the, the most compares. the most well followed uh, the 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 sports team with the most fans in the United States is the Mexico national team. Yeah, not soccer. Not, no, not soccer. He did not say the word soccer yeah. team. So that sports the sports team. team with the most fans is the Mexico national team. So. We're talking, you know, whenever the U.S. goes, whenever wherever the U.S. is playing Mexico, even in Columbus, you know, Mexico is still getting 25, 30% of the crowd. And it's just, it's the distinction between a home game and an away game against Mexico is, is much harder to delineate. So that's why there's, you know, so much beer being thrown and so much shushing and everything in that, uh, that final. So the, the Costa Rica one, that's, that can be a big contrast. For some reason, last time they played it in, uh, in my area, New Jersey, our area, where there is the biggest concentration of Costa Rican people in the country, which is the <laughs> stupidest decision ever. So the, the game at Red Bull Arena last time around, which I was present at, was was rough. I mean, it was minimum 50%, probably 60% Costa Rica fans, and a uh, huge mistake. But this this game, you know, I, I, I don't know much about the demographics of Utah, 
but I'm good, just going to go out on a limb and say that there's not that many Costa Rican people there. So it, it seemed like a pretty yeah. muted crowd and not a lot of pressure on this team. And when they go to San Pedro Sula, it's going to be an entirely different story. So they, they shouldn't get too high on their horse about what they're able to do against these CONCACAF opponents until they're able to do it in their turf. Yes. Um, we're on our way there. Ty, let's, let's dip our toes back into this Costa Rica game while we still can. Um, before we move on to the future forever, because I have a feeling we're not going to talk about this game. It's, it's this hard to move on to the last. past. This one's, yeah, right. Hard to move on to the past. <laughs> this game is not going to last long in any of our memories, uh, aside from being the game that happened after. The well, this, it, this was like this was like uh, going to the diner after prom. Yeah, you know, this is like yeah. the, like also just shit just went down. But this is this is like Act Five. You know, a, a, a nice. Uh, some plots, it's all part of it. Plots getting tied up. It's all. It's all a part of it. So the, DK got his first goal. <laughs> epilogue. See, epilogue. It's all good. So so yeah, this it was it was really fun. I mean, I I I, so, I so enjoyed this. I so Shouts enjoyed to watching Joel this. Campbell. Shouts, Shouts to Joel, to Joel Campbell. Campbell. Shouts to this legendary Costa Rican team that has had, hey, respect, tons of success. I mean, they they made tons. it they made it further than us in Brazil. They made it to yep. Russia when we did not, uh, yep. and so you got to give them a lot of credit. But it, it, I, I feel confident about I feel confident about our ability this cycle to retake our rightful place as tied for first in Concacaf, and and the, with this, two other this teams. generation is well well on its way. So this was just a pleasure to yeah. watch. It's great to see the generation coming together, and I can't wait to see them in more intense and more difficult situations as the team progresses through these competitions. Yeah, it's only it's only going to go up from here. Ty, what's the next... Uh, anything else on Costa Rica before we just lay that to rest? No, it's a good match. Yeah. What's the... Um, for nothing, it was fun. Um, it was fun. It would have been cool to see Brian Reynolds. I w- I, I'll, I'll just say I wish they played this in Costa Rica. I wish, I wish that the, the Federation scheduled a couple more of those. These random well, I think I think it sounds like uh, that was probably very intentional. Burhalter's messaging is about learning. Uh, the the group needs to learn to win. Um, perhaps, perhaps. And as we know, all we have to do is win our home games. But I, I think no, I, I I do think that they're that putting this game because either they play this game after winning the Nations League or after losing it, and either way. I don't think this is the right time to test this team. I get that. I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. Yeah, so the, and we um, do have a gap. So the the Gold Cup doesn't start until beginning of July. So there's another 4 weeks. So I anticipate that there will be more friendlies announced. Let's call that a hope. We 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 right. hope that the US plays some friendlies. friendlies away from home. Away I've from seen, home. you know, Europe Europe is great, but I want to see I want to see the US go to Honduras. I want to see the U.S. go to El Salvador. I want to see the U.S. even go to South America. Go to. It's hard to go to Colombia right now. I wouldn't recommend that. Go to Ecuador. Go to Uruguay. Okay. Go go somewhere in South America that you can reasonably get to. Um, it's of, of course very complicated with COVID, and and you know I, there very well could be intentions of doing that that just can't happen because of the circumstances. But I hope it's being tried. You know, even even going. Going to Asia, you know, playing just playing in like weird and stressful situations that you're not used to. That's that's part of where the growth will come from. You know, the uh, 
beating Mexico was one of the boss fights, but we have to face some some you know logistical and practical and life challenges as well in, in the progression of this team. We gotta we gotta put these players into the same position we put Greg Berhalter in when he started this job. Uh, in terms of trying to put together rosters. He came out of that first few months of being the national team coach, like, this is hard. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what these kids need. They need to realize that, yes, you've been in this game and you're doing great and you're going to be good, but this is like a different skill, you know? It's a different, it's a strange and foreign experience. Um, and, and, And we need more data and we need more experience in that type of a zone. Um, so we're going into a summer. We're not totally sure when we'll talk to you next. It might be a Gold Cup roster, perhaps. It's got to be the Gold Cup It'll, roster. Yeah, there, there friendlies. will probably be a roster announced for Gold Cup, and there will be friendlies announced simultaneously. So keep an eye. Follow us on Twitter, at WTPPod. We'll let yeah, you know. That, as that. soon as we know, you'll know. And uh, and, and we'll, we'll post when, when we are going to be recording our show to preview those games so hopefully they can get in some good friendlies and uh yeah and prep well for the tourney so with that in mind we've got we've got a few weeks here to to veg out and just watch this this mexico game over and over again and and uh drink lots of coconut water and just recover um in the meantime the european season has concluded the euros on their way i personally find it hard to get into other uh national teams I love ours, but it's difficult. It seems it's just hard for me to enjoy watching a national team game that doesn't have the Nats. So if you're like me and you need that some of that juicy, juicy goodness, and if you're also like me and a little bit of a Euro snob, um, consider joining me in checking out the MLS this summer. And I'll, I'll give you three reasons. I love this. Why? I love this. Um, I'm there's I you know I'm allowing it to happen naturally. I'm not trying to force it. I'm not trying to force it. But I there are a few players I'm really excited uh, to check out in the n- next few weeks who I've heard really good things about. We've talked about Caden Clark on this show. Caden Clark. Hey, shouts to Joe Shagnon if you're if you're listening to this, Joe. Um, shout out. Shout out to you, dog. We got to get you on the pod. Talk some Barcelona. But my boy Joe Shagnon just. Just sent, sent Ty and I a couple of uh, Caden Clark rookie cards. Very exciting. Caden Clark is having the year that, that uh, Tyler Adams had uh, to a slightly lesser amazing degree, but um, well, Caden the Clark is in the zone. Of the Tyler Adams year. Well, it's a worse. Tyler Adams was there when they won the Shield. So it's slightly different. Tyler Adams was the best player on the best team in the league for the Red Bulls at the time. Caden Clark's not quite. That I hear you. I hear you got to you got to watch this kid. Um, he is going to Leipzig uh, next year. We already know that, and so this is your last chance uh, to. Do watch we know Caden that for Clark. sure? Is yes, we know that for sure. Wow, That's locked, insane. locked, um, and done. Been locked, done. Been locked. So he's so so. This is your last chance to enjoy him in the MLS. See what's happening there. Uh, two other players to check out. Gianluca Busio is your boy. He plays for Sporting <laughs> Kansas City. Is your boy. He plays Mozzarella. for Sporting Kansas City. And from what I've heard from the Extra Time podcast, <laughs> follow the Extra Time podcast to, to learn about the MLS. Um, prior to this MLS season, he went to uh, management and said, I want more responsibility. I want this to be my team. 
Um, and so this is a guy the who a lot of people have boys. seen potential in. He looks right. He, he, he looks, looks the way so he right. plays looks, he looks so, right. so right. And this is the year where we're starting to see that actually translate. And he's becoming like a, a, a key player for uh, Sporting Kansas City, which is apparently not a bad uh, team. I'm sorry for my MLS ignorance. Um, but this is for you folks. Who I think don't many, many are right there with you. And the, the the truth is there's a plethora of great soccer on all the time. So it is it is legitimately tough for MLS to crack that. But yeah, I, I will tell you as a longtime fan of the league, there is something special and fun about watching the intersection of American culture with professional soccer culture. So as much as I can I can appreciate the rivalry of the Ruhr Valley in Germany. It means something a little different when it's Houston, Dallas, or Portland and Vancouver. You know this. Oh this yeah, area, the, the, El Tráfico. El Tráfico, totally. Awesome. And the, these things are. I, mean, I I love America. I fucking love America. That's why I'm here rooting for this team so bad. Because it's not just that I love soccer, but I love. I particularly love this team because I deeply believe in America. And so these things are in, intrinsic and beautiful. Uh, rivalries that we have as a part of American culture that get manifest on the soccer field. Philly and New York. Philly and New York, definitely not big fans of each other. And that's great. And that, that we get to work on that in a constructive manner on a soccer field. So we get to enjoy our, our MLS. You know. Yes, it is not the Premier League. It's not the, the, the same level, but it's a very good level. It's a very entertaining and watchable style. And the, the teams are getting better and better, and they have cooler and cooler players from all around the world. And it's a uniquely American experience to watch some of these teams and to, to witness the soccer cultures that have sprung up around them. It's cool, man. And it's real soccer. I mean, support just watching the Premier League is, is not really getting in touch with what this game is. Like, this game is beautiful because of the communities that it exists within. And for us, that's America. Correct. That also is our cities. Um, so if you don't enjoy watching the MLS, consider go kicking a ball around in the park, you know, and you can support your national team by, by doing that too and, and kind of spreading the good word and meeting people and getting in shape and good shit like that. I got one more person you might want to consider if I have any listeners in the San Jose area. Um, if you're not already watching Cade Cowell, you should, you should do that. You should check this kid out. He's 17 years old. Go go over to the airport. Six feet tall. The stadium is right next to the airport. It's very exciting. Six feet tall. Six feet large. And little known, little discussed fact, dual national eligible for America and Mexico. Really? Really? Uh Uh-oh. Really? So... Uh, Kate Cowell, whatever happens in this in the story of this human being's career is going to be interesting and wonderful. And he is just just happening right now with the San Jose earthquake. So check that. That is very out. exciting. And uh, by the way, the San Jose Stadium has the longest bar in North America. So if you are interested in getting shamefully drunk post COVID and enjoying a day out, <laughs> maskless, living it up in central california check it out do that all right pay, that's pay all in bitcoin for. pay an apple stock to get your ticket <laughs> leave your jurgen bucks leave at your home. jurgen bucks at home <laughs> they ain't shit <laughs> um all right that's all i got for him ty any last words here no i thank you all for being here on this journey this was such a fun series of four games we got to talk and now that we've been doing this youtube thing we did 
we, we were uh, guests at the Asian American Podcast Festival after our recording about the Switzerland game. So we'll get that show up uh, as well. That, okay, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that's going to be in your feed before the That'll, the that'll be it's in like the 20, feed. It's like a 25-minute um just Ty and I like ravenously explaining why these random people in the Zoom room should be into the Nats. This is our evangelism. It's our evangelism. It's priceless. So so you should, this is the show to send to your, to your mom, to your uncle. That's anyone who you think might, who has expressed or not expressed yet that they are soccer curious. So if, if anyone has expressed even the smallest scintilla of positivity around the game of soccer. <laughs> Send them this podcast and see if they if it might convince them to just turn turn on the TV and watch the Nats. Yeah, it's two dudes like just really trying, <laughs> really trying. Uh, but everything I believe everything we said on there that was fun. Shout never to the Asian American if Podcast enthusiastically. Festival. So, yes, so shout anyway. to the American, Asian American Podcast Festival. By the way, thank you so much for having us over there. That was. Super duper fun and just really grateful. Yeah, and uh, and so this camp, I felt I felt a change. I felt a a new energy and a new life in this fan base. Getting to watch this team that's been a theory for so long come together and achieve something so tremendous. And it was is this what it is this what it felt like when the Wright brothers figured out the flying thing? The thing is going into it, I was like Nations League, hey, who cares? Kind of made up nah, thing. Dog. As soon as the freaking whistle blows on U.S. Mexico, you know, I'm I'm on YouTube, I'm in the corner, I'm I'm fetal <laughs> position back there. It was it was straight back, straight back into all of the things that I love about watching this team, and I I kind of I felt I feared that I had lost it, Clayton. Me too, a little. I feared I, that I had lost it because little. it really hadn't been since since that Trinidad game that I that there has been a match that's been like all out must win drama for the Nats, and it yeah. they, like we had that Gold Cup, but that Gold it was like one of those B team Gold Cups, and it was kind of yeah, it kind of sucked to lose, but it wasn't. I didn't feel necessarily like it was. We tried our best, you know, our best were out there, and we still yeah. lost. So it was, you know, there there was all these caveats and everything. So this just felt so glorious. I, f- I felt the the rise of momentum and energy around this team on social media, on YouTube with all of you beautiful people, on the Patreon, you know, our, our uh, you know, podcast downloads. I can feel the energy coming back into this sport in this country. It's at a perfect time where you you are all on the ground floor of something truly historic for this. It's US so awesome. Program. Yeah, I got an actual text IRL. Um, I've been getting texts too. Up to people from a friend who work. He's always loved, dude. Has always loved soccer, and he's he's always been my friend. I've known this guy for a long ass time. He's never listened to the show. <laughs> Doesn't Shit care friend. about the Nats. <laughs> it's it's cool, but uh, I, my, the point that, that I'm trying to make is. That he texted me out of the blue uh, Sunday night saying, I'm really uh, excited about this team for the first time in as long as I can remember. And that is what the fuck I am talking about. And to your point, Ty, that is why the Nations League was a good idea. This more trophies. A, good idea. More trophies. I, the trophy I, I'm, itself. I'm with it. I'm with it. Could use some work. Trophy but itself the fact that looked there's a unfinished. Trophy, it looked mainly like a... Like the first draft of a trophy, (laughs) like a wireframe of a trophy. (laughs) 
Yeah, it looked like it looked. It felt like that when you see the picture of the toy in a Happy Meal, and then you get the actual toy. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. The, and you're yeah. like, is this really? Or just what? the Happy Meal versus the actual Happy Meal. <laughs> But what would it be if it was for just a quick tangent before we go? But what 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 okay. should what what's a true Concacaf trophy? So I'm thinking like a like a bottle of urine would do it. Mm, mm. Like they El Trafi- just- in the in the in the spirit of the the term El Trafico. What is that for a tro- the in trophy form? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, do they have an El Trafico um, trophy now? No, 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 that's like not a, what I'm saying. I just mean that's the flavor that yeah, we're looking for. Right, right, like, right. right this exactly. sort of irreverence. It's a reference to quote unquote real soccer, yeah, yeah, football, yeah, yeah. if yeah. you will. Yeah. But we're kind of like a little trolly. About yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. You know? The trophy could be like a stale parking lot taco that you get to keep in a case for all time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's too much. There's a there's a lot of thin ice in the historical references. It's like of a, these a yellow card so that disappears, <laughs> or it's like it's like a, a clock that uh, it's like ticking to ninety minutes, but it goes extra fast. Yes, yeah. oh, yeah. that's beautiful. And then the it starts extra again. fast it clock keeps going. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a stretcher, that good. a ceremonial stretcher. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> Concacaf Nation. No, no, no. The Concacaf. <laughs> The, 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 Nations, the, the Nations League CONCACAF trophy is a picture of a dude stretching out his calf while it's cramping. Totally. Totally. That's, I mean, Not a picture. A sculpture. A sculpture, whatever. yeah, exactly. A representation. Yeah, a rep- maybe it's just the calf. It's the CONCACAF. <laughs> okay. We, we got there. This. We got there. Enough of this bullshit. Hey, listen. Uh, I'm a gamer. I consider myself a gamer, but I usually don't really get into like video games as much. I'm more into things like Go. I really like Go. It's this Japanese game that you've probably seen but never thought much about with white and black pieces. And people compare it to another game that I really like, chess. They say they there's the Western world and the Eastern world. And there's the Go and there's the chess. And I like those both. <laughs> and I also quite like Magic. Uh, magic the Gathering, that is. Um, because somehow life has... M- landed me in a in a lifetime of being surrounded by people who love magic. I don't know how this happened. I didn't intend for it. I fought it for a long time. And fuck it. I'm all in. I like magic. But I don't like any of that stuff. Oh, not even close. Not even close, baby. To as much as I love the Nats. Good job, boys. Good camp. It was a good camp. Good luck, PFOC. We hope you're not hurt. I hope you get your, P- your PK on soon, buddy. Yeah, he gets the next one. It's we the peeps. It's we the peeps. Welcome to we the peeps. Are you ready for we the peeps? Holy moly, it's we the peeps.